Welcome to this Sunday's message from the King's Church Mid-Sussex. Um, well, what a week it's been in our nation, eh? I thought British politics couldn't get any crazier. It suddenly just has. But hey, them's the brakes or something. Um, I thought it would be good. Obviously, huge kind of upheaval again. Um, before I say anything else, I think we should pray. Just lift up our nation before the Lord. Um, very clear, the Bible says we should pray for those in authority, and obviously there's uncertainty at the moment, so I think it'd be good to pray before I get going, so let's just do that together. Father, I, I stand here this morning very grateful that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. I thank you we have this solid drop underneath our feet. His name is Jesus. In our uh, tumultuous world, I'm so grateful for the assurance that salvation brings. Um, but we do together, just as a church family, we do want to lift up our nation to you right now. Lord, our prayer simply is how Jesus taught us. Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we don't know um, what the future will hold so grateful that you do. You are Lord of history. And so today we put our trust in you and we pray, Lord God, I pray for those men and women who are in parliament, who know you. Lord, I pray they may shine like stars in the universe right now. Lord, we pray, Father, for um, your kingdom to come, Lord, in the corridors of power. And we pray, Lord God, we know that you are the one that allows men and women to have power. Lord, we pray, Father, that your hand will be all over this leadership contest in the future. We want to pray, Lord God, for our nation. We know that it says in Timothy we should pray for those in authority, and that it's good and pleasing to the Lord when we do so, because actually you want us to live lives in godliness and peace so that people may come to know Jesus. And so, Lord, we pray for our nation because we long for people to meet with Jesus, and somehow all of this is linked. So, Lord, together as a church, we just say, let your kingdom come, Lord, in uncertain times, We worship you because you are the Lord of history. We thank you that we have a rock on our feet that will not be shaken. And we trust you, Lord God, for your purposes to prevail on the earth. And we all say this together in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 It's good to keep praying for our country, church. Um, And just before I I get going, one more thing. As we were praying this morning um, as a team, someone just felt they had a word of knowledge um, for healing today, felt someone was here with a, uh, a elbow condition that caused severe pain and restriction in movement. And I just want to bring that now. Maybe that's you later on. We hope to pray with some people. Maybe you'd like to respond to that. But we do believe God speaks to us today. And so maybe you're here. Maybe you're watching online. That's you. You've got pain and restricted movement in your elbow. We would love to pray with you later on. Fantastic stuff. So, 11 weeks ago, we started a new teaching series here. It was May the 1st. The teaching series we called Everyday Supernatural, inspired by a book of that name. And um, we've been on quite a journey since then. Covered loads of ground. We've thought about what it means to live lives empowered by the Holy Spirit. We've thought about what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. How God wants to empower us in our weakness, and also through our obedience. Um, We had a great evening with Mike Pitavacci. We celebrated Pentecost Sunday. More recently, we've been looking at the subject of spiritual gifts. 
what they are, who they're for, and specifically been thinking about gifts of tongues and prophecy, hearing God speak and healing. It's um, been quite a journey. Life groups have been looking at this stuff. Our kids' work have been looking at this stuff. And just to say, amazing stories of children hearing from God, having dreams, visions, just amazing things happening. Even this morning, I know that our King's Kids team are looking at the same, are looking at the subject of healing, I think, this morning. Amazing things that we've done together. And as I kicked off that series 11 weeks ago, I said that our prayer for this series was not that it would just be an interesting 10 or 11 weeks, and then we'd kind of move on to the next subject. But we'd lay some foundations again about the kind of church we want to be, the kind of the DNA of who we are as a church community, about what it means for each one of us as followers of Jesus, to live our lives empowered by the Holy Spirit in everyday life. Right back then, May the 1st, I read these verses from John chapter 14, where Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. To reflect on that line a moment. Whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to the Father, and I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it, Jesus says, John 14. We, his followers, we get to do the things that he did. What he started 2,000 years ago would continue through the first generation, the original disciples. They were then to make disciples, pass the things on to the next generation. That's how the gospel has spread for 2,000 years. One generation of disciples passing these things on to the next generation. And we today, 2022, are the latest generation of Jesus followers, disciples who are called by him to continue the works that he began. And we are utterly persuaded, aren't we, that the only way that can happen is for us to be empowered by the Holy Spirit. The Father pours out the Spirit on his church in order that we may be empowered to continue the things that Jesus did. And ultimately, this is really what this series is all about. As we kind of come to the conclusion today, it's actually about how each one of us live our lives, our everyday lives, in the power and in tune with the Holy Spirit. And this really, really matters because we live in a world that desperately needs the kingdom of God to break in in ever-increasing measure. Who knows that today? We live in a world that desperately needs to know the love of God. We need it. We look around, honestly, the last couple of weeks, uh, just things I've heard things I've seen in Kenya and in the UK. It's like, it's like my heart is aching. Like, God, would you please let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven? Just, just heard stories of such pain and brokenness and loneliness and injustice and corruption. And you're like, Lord, when, when will we see an outpouring of your spirit that will see the manifestation of your kingdom on earth in greater measure? And I feel like an aching in my heart. Like, oh God, please, please, would he come in power? And ultimately, this whole series is about us living lives where we 
see that happen, not just in our church meetings, but in everyday life. Ordinary men and women, followers of Jesus, who continue what he's doing because we live in a world that desperately needs to know there is a God. He is good. He is love. He is hope. He is joy. He is peace. This is who he is. And the world needs to know that because it's pretty broken at the moment. So much pain. And the answer is the gospel. So here's how it works. The Father sent the Son. The Father and the Son sent the Spirit, and now Father, Son, and Spirit send us into the world. We are sent by God to be Christ's ambassadors, to live out our faith in streets and neighborhoods and workplaces and coffee shops and everywhere else. I think it was Mike Pitt have actually said this when he was with us. The Spirit comes to the church en route to the world, to us, into the world, so that we see more and more people introduced to Jesus. So that's what this whole series is all about. If we think it's about us having better church meetings, we've missed the point. It's about the way that we are empowered to live in everyday life, because we've received something in Christ that isn't for us to hold on to. The hope of everything is in Christ. That's exciting and probably terrifying for every single one of us. Jesus has put all his eggs in this basket, his church, to see his kingdom come on earth, continue the works of Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I really need the Holy Spirit if I'm going to step into the fullness of that. I can't do that on my own. I need to know the help of the Holy Spirit, the encouragement of the Holy Spirit, the empowering presence of of the Holy Spirit. And I'll tell you why. I'll tell you a story. Because um, I long to have more stories, okay? I, I long to have more stories where I find myself in situations where, like, God's opened up a conversation. I'm talking to people about Jesus and praying with them. I long for that. So a couple of weeks ago, okay, I'm, I'm flying to um, Nairobi, Kenya. And I'm thinking, okay, Lord, well, we've done two months on being everyday supernatural. I wonder what's going to happen. Come on, I want to put this into practice. And um, I'm going to be sat on a plane for eight hours next to someone. So come on then, Lord. Come on, help me out. How am I going to do this? And also, not only, I'm thinking this, not only am I sat on a plane for eight hours next to someone, I'm in the aisle seat so they can't get out. (laughs) I'm not really thinking that, no. Um, And I'm thinking, okay, Lord, if you want me to, you know what I mean? I've been hearing these stories and talking about everyday moments where God's at work. So I start the kind of plane journey, and I start a conversation with this guy next to me, really, really lovely guy. And um, we get talking about why he's going to Kenya, he's visiting family, and I explain I'm a pastor, and um, that I share a charity, see Kenya. And even then, I say I'm a pastor, he still wants to talk to me. So I'm thinking, wow, this is good. He, he even knows what I do for a job, and he's talking. And, and we get chatting, and it's really friendly, and then um, it's a night flight, so the meal comes And then pretty soon all the lights are dimmed and people put on headphones and go to sleep and that kind of thing. So the kind of conversation dwindled out. But yeah, in the morning we arrived about 5 a.m. in Nairobi or whatever it was. And we said goodbye and said, have a really good week. And we found out we're on the same return flight. I'm like, I'll see you in a week's time. Anyway, so night um, come a week later, last Saturday, I'm on the flight back. um, Nairobi to Heathrow, day flight. And I get fidgety to you on planes. So I like an aisle seat because I tend to walk around quite a bit. And I'm walking around the plane saying, Lord, is he here? 
Like, do you want me to start have a conversation with him? And I can't see him. And if I'm honest with you, I forgot about it pretty quick after that. And then I'm there at the luggage belt in the luggage hall of Terminal 3, waiting for our luggage, which took quite a long time. I don't know if anyone saw, there's some challenges at Heathrow last weekend. So we're waiting for our luggage, and I'm just, I think I'm checking the BBC Sport for the cricket score. And I look up, and he's right next to me. Literally, this guy's standing next to me. So I'm like, oh, great. Hey, how you doing? And um, we had this great conversation by the luggage belt. And he's telling about his week and his family. And he's asking how we got on and everything else. And really, really good conversation. And he showed me photos of his kid at home that he's looking forward to see and blah, blah, blah. And then, wait for it, we said goodbye. And that was it. <laughs> really nice moment. Said goodbye. I'll probably never see the guy again. And I left thinking, well, it was a really nice conversation, but Lord, could I have gone further? Could I have said something about Jesus? I didn't really talk about Jesus. I mean, he knew I was a pastor and he was still friendly. I mean, if there was ever a moment to say something, um, could I have offered to pray for him and his family? Is there something I could have stepped out into? Now, I'm telling you that story because you might have been thinking, oh, here's the story of glory. So, you know, I, I prayed for him by the luggage belt and the glory of the Lord fell in Terminal 3 and everyone came and flocked around. And, no, no, none of that happened. I just said goodbye. I'm telling you that story because I want to grow in living an everyday supernatural life where there's opportunities the Lord gives me to say something about Jesus. Just something, just one thing about Jesus. I want to grow in this. And I know if I'm going to live an everyday supernatural life, I need the Holy Spirit. I don't know if anyone else can identify with what I'm trying to tell or say through that story right now. I need the Holy Spirit. Nice guy, good conversation. <laughs> thing is, people are far more interested in hearing about Jesus than we think they are. A survey done this year has demonstrated, huge piece of research, that a third of people who would call themselves a non-Christian in our nation would like to talk to someone and find out more about Jesus. A third. A third of people. Equally, at the same time, the number of Christians that non-Christians know is decreasing all the time. 50% of people that would say they're not a Christian in the UK says they don't know any friends or family who are. So if they wanted to ask questions, they wouldn't know who to ask. So at the same time, we've got this thing where a third of our nation would be really open to find out more, but half of the people that don't go to church don't actually know who to ask. And they are the people that we live next to and work with and are in the coffee shops that we go to or on the trains that we take. And there's an openness. I need the empowering presence of the Holy Spirit if I'm going to live in everyday supernatural life. Jesus said we would continue the works that he begun. You are a witness if you're a follower of Jesus. There are things you have seen. There are things you've heard. There's things that you know in God. It's to be shared as a witness with others. I want to turn to John chapter 4. In John chapter 4, we read of an amazing encounter that Jesus has with a woman in everyday life. And for me, this is like a go-to passage for us to understand what it means to live everyday supernaturally. If Jesus is our role model, of course he is. And if he tells us we should do the things that he has done, then this is like a go-to passage for us to learn about how we do this stuff. And Jesus um, is traveling through a region called Samaria, 
we read that he was tired from the journey and he sat down by a well. It was noon, midday. We know that in the heat of the day. It's an everyday moment. He's traveling, it's tired, there's a well. He stops to rest. And as he sat there, a Samaritan woman comes to draw water from the well. It's an everyday situation. She'd have done it every day. And Jesus starts a conversation with her, asks if she would kindly draw some water for him. And this is actually pretty shocking because Jewish people should not have anything to do with Samaritans. They shouldn't talk to one another. And a Jewish rabbi like Jesus should definitely not be seen in public speaking to any other woman who was not his wife. A Jewish rabbi shouldn't do that. And so this was pretty scandalous that Jesus is starting this conversation in the middle of the day by a well. He starts a conversation and um, it goes like this. I'm going to read from verse, uh, let's go from verse 13. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water, as in the water from the well, will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you choose claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus goes on to say some things about true worship, worshipping in spirit and in truth. And this woman has an encounter with Jesus the Messiah. Interestingly, this conversation is opened up when Jesus supernaturally, prophetically, speaks something about her life that it was impossible for him to know other than something supernatural is going on in this situation. A word of knowledge, you could say, in this conversation. And, and what happens in this everyday moment is that this word of knowledge opens this woman's heart. She discovers this is Jesus. Her life is transformed. Actually, her whole town is transformed. And we read in verse 28 to 30 that she went back to the town. Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? And they came out of the town and made their way towards him. An everyday moment. And yet somehow in this moment, the kingdom of God comes. Jesus speaks a prophetic word. Her life is open to him. Her life is changed. A whole town is changed in an everyday moment. Not in the synagogue, not in the temple, not in a church meeting, by a well. Jesus was not too busy to have this conversation, was not in too much of a rush. In fact, in verse 4, 39 of chapter 4, we read that many of the Samaritans from that town believed in Jesus because of the woman's testimony. And the testimony was this. She said to them, he told me everything I ever did. Prophetic insight leads to the gospel opening up in her heart, leads to a whole town in Samaria responding to Jesus. And it hinges on this prophetic moment that Jesus has. It's a great example, actually, of how prophecy and words of knowledge are not just for church meetings, but I believe, actually, through the Spirit, God wants to give us insight into people's lives and everyday encounters that we may lead them towards Christ, may lead them towards Jesus. And I love this story. I love Jesus' compassion for this lady. She's there in the middle of the day because her community has spurned her. 
You never get water in the middle of the day. You get it when it's cooler. She didn't want to go when everyone else went, and it's because actually she was scorned in the community because of her story. I love Jesus' compassion. Because actually everything needs to be rooted in compassion for people. I love his love for this woman in the story. I love the fact he wasn't too busy to stop. I love the fact that he wasn't in a rush to the next thing and so didn't have time for this encounter. I love his heart to restore this lady at the well. I just love everything about this story, and I read it, and it's a story I've read so many times. I think, Lord Jesus, if this is what it looks like to continue the works that you began, to demonstrate compassion and love and time and to listen and to have a conversation and to see the Spirit open up something and to speak about Jesus, that's what I want to see in my life more and more. That's the kind of everyday supernatural stuff I want to get involved in. I want to see day by day because we see the fruit and the impact and the transformation And I see that, and I'm like, oh, God, help me to grow in this stuff. For the sake of the world, help me to grow. Come, Holy Spirit. In um, the Bible, we see time and time again ordinary men and women of Jesus who are led by the Spirit in order for other people to encounter Jesus. In um, Acts 8, we read about Philip, who heard an angel speak to him and said, go down to the road south of the desert. That's a pretty supernatural moment in your everyday, isn't it, to have an angel speak to you? And he goes down, and um, he's on the road from Jerusalem to Gaza, and he meets an Ethiopian official who's in charge of the royal finances. And in Acts 8.29, it says this, Then the Spirit told Philip, Go to that chariot and stay near it. The Holy Spirit. Not in a church meeting, not in a synagogue. Everyday moment, the Holy Spirit said, Go to that chariot over there. So Philip's like, I think that's a nudge from the Holy Spirit. Goes over speaks to Philip, Philip becomes a Christian, gives his life to Christ, baptized that day, all because the Holy Spirit speaks in an everyday situation and Philip's obedient to it. The gospel spreads to Ethiopia and it all happened because Philip's living a life in tune with the Holy Spirit every day, not just on Sundays. Beautiful moment of everyday supernatural living. In Acts 10, we find Peter is up on a roof terrace in the house that he's staying in. He's there to pray. He's there to rest, middle of the day. And he has a vision of this sheet being lowered out of heaven with different foods on. And through it, he concludes that God is speaking to him about actually this gospel of good news. is not just for the Jews. It's for all people. It's for the Gentiles. And he's there on the rooftop thinking about all this vision. And in Acts 10, 19, we read this. While Peter was still thinking about the vision that he's just seen, the Holy Spirit said to him, Simon, three men are looking for you downstairs. Get up. Go to them. Don't hesitate to go with them. I've sent them. See the little words? The Holy Spirit said to him. Do you know what? The Holy Spirit wants to speak to you in your everyday life. In your everyday life, the Holy Spirit spoke to him. Go downstairs. Some guys are waiting for you. He goes downstairs. They're there. He ends up in Cornelius' house, a gentle, gentile, gentle. He might have been gentle. A gentle, gentile soldier. He preaches Jesus. The Holy Spirit falls. They give their lives to Christ. The whole household are being baptized. What's going on here? He's listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit in everyday life. 
Suddenly, the Gentile world is opened up to the gospel. Hugely significant moment in the New Testament. Just because Peter, not just daydreaming, but listening. Holy Spirit, what are you saying? So many stories like this in the book of Acts, if you read through it. I could have mentioned Paul, when Paul and his companions are traveling around preaching about Jesus and planting churches, and they try and go into this region called Bithynia, but it says the Holy Spirit stopped them from entering into that place. And then one night, um, he has a dream, Paul has a dream, and it's a dream of a man from Macedonia saying, come over here and help us. So they talk about it over breakfast the next morning, saying, I had this dream, this guy from Macedonia, and they're like, conclude together, I think God's speaking. So they go into Macedonia, suddenly the gospel's opened up in Europe for the first time. Why? Because they're listening to the Holy Spirit in everyday life. What's the purpose? Mission, evangelism, introducing others to Jesus. And that we are no different, guys. It's not like this was for them and not for us. No, Jesus says, you will continue the works that I have begun. This is what we are called to as followers of Jesus. Because here's the thing, the Father is always at work. Jesus said that. The Father's always doing things. Every now and again, we get to see a glimpse of what the Father's doing in the world. The most exciting thing is when we get to participate in what the Father's doing in the world. But the Father's always at work. He's always looking for those that will listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, to partner with him in these moments. So I want us to hear a sense of commissioning today as we conclude this Everyday Supernatural series. I want us to hear a sense of being sent today as we conclude this series. Jesus says this after he rose again. He met with his disciples and he says this, as the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. As the Father sent me, I send you. But before your sense, receive the Holy Spirit. We're sent people, church. You're, you are a sent person. I don't even know that, but this word go in the New Testament is really important. Go into all the world and make disciples. You're sent. Maybe sent to the street that you live in, might be sent to the place that you work, the coffee shop that you regularly drink in, wherever it is. We're sent people. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Now receive the Holy Spirit, because you're going to continue the works that Jesus began. We're not, called to, we're not sent on our own. We're sent with a great helper, the Holy Spirit. If, like me, your fears may sometimes get the better of you, like in the luggage hall in Heathrow Terminal 3, the answer isn't to just kind of step back from the purposes of God. The answer is to say, Holy Spirit, I need you more. I need you more. It's the promise that we have in the Bible that we will receive boldness and courage to be Jesus' witnesses when the Spirit comes. I suggest for each one of us here today, we probably need some more boldness in the Holy Spirit. One day in the book of Acts, Peter is under arrest. He's on trial for preaching about Jesus before the Sanhedrin. And um, the Christians are gathering to pray. And he's released. And, um, you know what I mean, it's like, what do we do in this moment? If we keep preaching about Jesus, 
I mean, more of this will happen, more persecution, more opposition, more arrests probably. But this was what the first believers prayed. Now, Lord, consider their threats. Enable your servants to speak your words with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God boldly. After they prayed, they were all filled with the Spirit. They all spoke the word of God boldly. Imagine that. I don't know how many of us in the room today. Imagine all of us having that kind of boldness, to be able to speak God's word boldly. The Spirit comes to the church en route to the world. So, where may God want to break in in an everyday supernatural way in your life this week? Where may the Holy Spirit suddenly invade your ordinary everyday moments? Where do we need more boldness? Where is God sending you this week? Where are you going to be this week? Because wherever it is, you're sent by Jesus. You're sent. How may the Spirit speak to us in the way that we read him speaking to others? For the sake of the world, church, this is all for the sake of the world. We need spiritual gifts for a strong and vibrant church for the sake of the world. We need the Holy Spirit because we're weak, but in his strength we're strong for the sake of the world. I'd love us to pray because I really want people to encounter the Holy Spirit today for boldness, for witness, for evangelism. So, yeah, why don't we stand to our feet? Is that okay? Let's, let's do that. That would be great. Maybe just reflect just for a moment on that question for a minute. Where is Jesus sending you this week? None of us know what our weeks will hold, but I guess there's some structure and plans in place for some of us. Where is he sending you? As the Father sent me, I am sending you, says Jesus. I wonder what he may want to do in that place. I wonder what the Holy Spirit may want to say to you in that place. Lord, I pray this morning that you may stretch out your hand, that you may enable us, your servants, to speak your word with great boldness. I ask it in Jesus' name. And I pray, Lord, that you may stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your servant Jesus in our everyday life. I ask it in Jesus' name. It's just, we've got time, so I'm just going to give the Holy Spirit just some room here for a moment, just see if there's anything specifically he wants to say to us today. Thanks for listening to this message from the King's Church, Mid-Sussex. To connect with us online, visit tkc.org.uk. We hope you'll join us again soon.